When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Aren't we all lucky? Captain's log, stardate 1710.0. The starship Enterprise is under heavy attack by an enemy vessel. Phasers, fire, point blank. The Earth commander will follow, he must. And when he attacks, we will destroy him. Permit me the glory of the kill, commander. Thomas, we have him. Move toward him. We can get just one phaser going. Phasers, Mr. Spock. Impossible, Captain. You have some of the old-style nuclear warheads aboard. Yes, commander, but only for self-destruction. Place one in with the debris. Ed Robertson welcoming you to tonight's edition of TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that is about to say hello to actor, screenwriter, author, and now novelist, Lawrence Montaigne. Most of you listening tonight, folks, especially those who follow the world of Star Trek, know Lawrence Montaigne for his appearances on two of the most famous episodes of the original series, Balance of Terror and Amok Time. I know Lawrence Montaigne as the gentleman that I became friends with about 10 years ago as a result of the Star Trek convention circuit. And as I got to know Lawrence, he told me many, many stories about his career in the entertainment industry, not only here in Hollywood, where he worked with the likes of Steve McQueen, James Garner, Irwin Allen, David Jansen, Guy Williams, Rock Hudson, Jack Palance, Cesar Romero, and Suzanne Plachette, but also in such countries as Rome, Israel, Yugoslavia, Spain, and Germany. But Lawrence has lived many lives outside of acting, including real-life adventures as a cowboy in Israel, as a photojournalist in Rome, and as a gold smuggler, believe it or not, in such far-off places as Bangkok and Hong Kong. In many respects, Lawrence has lived an epic life, so I suppose that it is only appropriate that the title of his autobiography happens to be A Vulcan Odyssey. And we will tell you where you can find a Vulcan Odyssey in just a second. But first, Lawrence, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you. <laughs> welcome to Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> you describe yourself as a gypsy in that you, you, you've gone wherever life takes you, career path, you've, you've gone wherever the, the opportunity takes you, uh, and you've gone uh, from one line of work to another. So so being a gypsy, do you find it a, a little ironic that after 50 years you're mostly recognized for one role? Uh, uh, which role are we talking about? You mean being married five times? Or, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that seems to be what everybody talks about. Well, I, I, well, uh, but uh, let me tell you that the, the gypsy thing is also that my mother was Hungarian. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes me a gypsy. 
then after that, uh, it, naturally, I'd be a traveler and a wanderer and, and uh, picking up in the middle of the night and taking off. Uh, that's, uh, that's what gypsies do. Well, as, as I say, it is, it is appropriate because, you know, whether by design or just unintentional, the way life, the, the way life moves sometimes. I mean, you've, you, you're the type of person that, you know, you, you settle down for a while and then when you've decided it's time to move on, whether it's after 10 years in Dallas or, uh, 10 years more or less going from one country to, to another, I mean, you find your way back to wherever your next stop happens to be. Yeah, exactly. People say to me, where do you like it best? I say, in my hat. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Let's see. I knew you were a photographer, uh-huh. and I knew you were a teacher. I did not know that you once were a dancer. How did that come about? Oh, I, I was, yes. When I came out of the Marine Corps, I enrolled at the Dramatic Workshop in New York, mm-hmm. and I won't go into the detail of all the actors that have passed through the uh, Actors Workshop, but I will drop a couple of names, Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. Shelley Winters, Ben Gazzara, I mean, all uh, alumni of the Dramatic Workshop. So it was a great experience, and I was introduced to the dance. Uh, subsequently, after I had left the workshop, I had moved out to Los Angeles, and I had got engaged to a lovely lady who, at night, would take dance lessons. Mm-hmm. And I would go with her to Eugene Loring's School of Dance on Hollywood Boulevard, and I'd sit there, and she would take her lessons, and and then we'd go home. And she would say to me, why are you just sitting there? Why don't you take classes? And she talked about this for months, and finally I broke down. I bought a pair of leotards and ballet slippers, and I enrolled in a... Uh, a beginning class I started to take ballet lessons and after about three months my relationship broke up but I continued to take the lessons Mm -hmm. just to give you a picture folks Lawrence is a tall well put together fellow I mean you know he's always he's always been a a bodybuilder he's not bulked up like that but he's a he's a well put together fellow so so picture this, you know, uh, imposing figure you know, doing ballet. It's kind of an incongruous picture, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, let me tell you that... Um, but you did I, it for uh, love. I, I moved into this boarding house, mm-hmm. and two uh, girls were living in the boarding house, and they were ice skaters that came out to Los Angeles looking to break into uh, films as dancers. And uh, they... Uh, talked me into going to an audition at the Hollywood Bowl and everybody in town had been to the audition and I went up there and I was just I was terrible I was just absolutely awful you can imagine I had been dancing for three or four months but it got down to the fact that there were so many dancers that were I guess the word is a feat mm-hmm. um, because they didn't look right dancing next to these women and the choreographer Lottie Gosler called me and she said, uh, come back to the Hollywood Bowl and sign the contract. And that's how I broke into the dancing in the ballet company at the Hollywood Bowl. And then, of course, after that, we had the um, uh, equity association. You had a card mm-hmm. which uh, you use for, for dancers. And the Screen Extras Guild opened up for dancers mm-hmm. with equity cards. 
And so then we started to get all the auditions to go to the studios. And that's when I really started to break in because I I danced with Mitzi Gaynor, I danced with Gene Kelly, I danced with Donald O'Connor. So it was great, uh, the dance thing. And at the same time, I had picked up the fencing. So I was doing the stunt work and the dancing. And I, I was making a good living, you know. I worked on Julius Caesar for something like five months, Scaramouche. This was great because I was making a fine living, and that's what I was concerned with. Although I was classically trained as an actor at the Dramatic Workshop, uh, and I continued to take classes, it was a while before I could break into the acting because I didn't want to get away from that income that I was getting from doing the uh, dancing and the fencing. Which is an important thing to consider because for many, and there are a lot of actors, there have always been a lot of actors in this town, not all of them are working in a film or stage production. So you do what you can to stay active and to stay and, and to stay busy and to make a living. And uh, the, the other thing I'm thinking of, and you talk about this a bit in A Vulcan Odyssey, is that what one thing you learned as a dancer is an, you, you, you came to have a greater understanding of movement, which is very important for an actor, regardless of whether you work on stage or film. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We're talking to Lawrence Montaigne. Lawrence is best known for his appearances as Stan and Decius in Star Trek, the original series, which he talks about in his autobiography, A Vulcan Odyssey, which is available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold online. This conversation originally aired in August 2012 on TV Confidential. Lawrence Montaigne passed away in March 2017. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lawrence, we talked about some of the different hats and different uh, lines of work that you've done in the course of your career. Let me ask you, what what was more treacherous for you, finding yourself in the middle of gunfire, uh, which you were when you when you were working as a photojournalist in Israel in the 1950s, or working as a screenwriter in Hollywood? <laughs> you you missed the gold smuggling. You missed all the other good stuff. Oh, oh we'll get we'll, we'll get to the gold smuggling. <laughs> you reduced it. <laughs> smuggling yeah i see but uh, <laughs> no i mean everything in its time you know i mean uh uh i didn't plan on going uh working in a kibbutz and uh uh doing some photography and finding myself being shot at and ending up in the hospital uh i didn't uh, i didn't plan on any of this at the same time uh my career in, in as an actor I can only say that it was accidental. I would agree, and that's not meant as a pejorative. It goes back to the, um, the the gypsy spirit. I mean, you go where life takes you sometimes. Exactly, exactly. And and uh, I was uh, I, I'm one of the fortunate gypsies. Mm -hmm. And you know, we were referred to as as dancers. Dancers were referred to as gypsies. Mm -hmm. uh, actors later on uh, who went from job to job to job to job in television were gypsies. Mm -hmm. And I was on that, that caravan, you know. I was one of the fortunate ones 
on that caravan, and and I I just uh, am so thankful every day to be able to look back on my career because it was to me it was so much fun. It was just so gratifying, you know, and the people. And that's why I do the conventions. People keep saying to me, well, why do you go out there and do those conventions? You know, I mean, what, what, you know, it's, it's so weird uh, meeting those Trekkies, you know, and stuff like that. And I say, wait a second, you're talking about fans. You're talking about people who have respect for you because of the work you've done. Mm-hmm. And they come out to see you and they, and they talk to you and they, and, and they share life experiences with you. Hey, that that means a lot. It really does. I've I've said this on the program on more than one occasion, Lawrence. The great thing about conventions, whether we're talking about Star Trek conventions, whether we're talking about Comic Con, you know, whatever type of convention uh, we're we're talking about, whether you are a, an actor, whether you're an exhibitor. Whether you're, you know, a paying uh, fan, just you know, going in for the experience for the day, you automatically have something in common with three, four, five thousand people, and it's it's just a real sense of community, and and again, more more often than not, it's just it's it's just very friendly. And as you say, it's a lot of fun because, and, and especially for people such as yourself, because a lot of times, in addition to reconnecting with fans and viewers, sometimes you end up finding work from it, which is good for an actor. Well, that, I, I wish I could say that, that I found work from it, but that was not my goal. But I, I, I just find it so much fun. I really do. Uh, you know that uh, uh, you, I don't think you've been to the Rio yet, have you? You was you were at the uh, Hilton. I believe. Yes, I was at the Hilton once, and and about ten years ago, when uh, when the main convention was still here, uh, uh, held at the uh, Pasadena Convention Center, I went to. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, we moved on last year to the Rio, mm-hmm. and you know we're talking about fifty thousand people coming through there on a weekend. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on! I mean. Uh, uh, this is this is a big fan base, you know. Uh, in fact, while I've got while I'm on the subject, can I mention something? Absolutely. Uh, um, a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, uh, I had the opportunity to be on a panel uh, for a project that Bill Shatner has been working on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called uh, a Fan Addicts, and it's a pilot that Bill Shatner has put together for reality TV. It's called Get a Life. Uh-huh. And it talks about, it, it addresses the issue of the meanings of many of the shows of Star Trek. What's behind it? I mean, is it just a bunch of actors spouting a lot of lines? Mm-hmm. Or was Roddenberry thinking beyond that? It's, it's a, a very different type of venue. And uh, personally, I'm looking forward to it. It was supposed to be something that came out in August, hopefully before the convention. I, I was very fortunate to, uh, 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 Bill had asked me if I would do it, and I was only too glad to do it. Uh, Beverly Washburn uh, was also with me. She had appeared in Star Trek mm-hmm. and lives up here. And we did this um, uh, a panel thing, talking about the abstract part of, of Star Trek. And it was very interesting. And I hope that it uh, takes off. It would be really great. It's called Get a Life? Yeah, Get a Life. Okay. 
uh, get a life two. Get a life two. That's <laughs> I right. think he did a get a life one. <laughs> that's right. He's, yeah, because he, he, uh, uh, some years back he wrote a book called Get a Life, but. Uh, uh, but it, it, you know, it's, it's it's interesting because it's 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 an interesting question in that who who knows what goes on in the minds of, of of some people. But because Star Trek came, you know, Star Trek was done for network television. Network television, it's I mean, you know this because you worked in it. Uh, episodic television, it's get it done fast in order to you know, get it done fast and get it done on times, and so that you move on to the next one. And there isn't always the the opportunity to have something to say um, yeah. the way it is now. But I, I like to think that even amidst that frenetic pace that the original Star Trek was made uh, during uh, back in the 60s, I would like to think that there was some intentionality behind it. I, I was not a Star Trek fan. i got to be honest. I mean, you know, I, was, uh, I did Star Trek because it was a job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, when you realize we're talking about something that was done in the 60s, mm-hmm three years that today still goes on I mean if not in the sense of um, doing films but the original Star Trek people will come by my table and say you know the original Star Trek uh, had something that none of the other Star Treks have and that and then people start to talk about it and how it had an influence on their life. Now, man, I mean, how many shows can you watch that say, gee, that had an influence on my life? But a lot of people uh, responded to Star Trek and the, and the meaning behind many of those, those episodes, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm floating another boat. I don't know how to put it. But it's very interesting that, that Star Trek did have that, that effect on some people. And one of the reasons why Star Trek has, you know, continues to have that effect on so many people is because of our guest this hour, Mr. Lawrence Montaigne. Lawrence played uh, Stan in Amok Time and Decius in Balance of Terror, two of the best and two of the most remembered episodes of Star Trek, the original series. We'll continue our conversation with Lawrence about his life and career before and after Star Trek here on TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast you can enjoy. This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa. 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 415- 886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.